Design Guy, Episode 5. Design Guy here. Welcome to the show. This is the program where we take a break from our technical manuals. All of that keeping up that we do with tools, technologies, and the state of the art. Now, we've got to keep up, of course. I'm not advocating that we don't, and it's essential that we stay current. But it can also be overwhelming. There is so much to keep up with. We experience cognitive overload. And I think it's just hard to retain things that we know are going to continue to change. Now, on the other hand, we want to learn principles. And the good news about principles is that they don't change. We can learn them with confidence that our time investment is not wasted. We'll know that at least this part of our knowledge base is not going to erode over time. Software will come and go, but principles remain. And I think that sends a message to our brains that this is the stuff we ought to latch on to, that we should retain. At least that's my theory and my experience. And that's where this show comes in. Hopefully we can offer a bit of white space or margin from other concerns by setting aside the transient information and speaking to timeless things, things we can commit to long-term memory. Now, we spoke last time about how design begins, and today I'd like to amplify those thoughts and add a few suggestions. We said that listening is the key to gathering requirements, or as Hillman Curtis says, listening is an activity wherein we ask the right questions in the right way and then fine-tune our reception to the answer, however buried it may be. In other words, we query our clients to learn what they want. We want to excavate their core message, their story, so we can identify the thematic drivers of our project. But to do this effectively requires skill in the art of questioning. Questions are, to this process, what picks and shovels are to archaeological digs. Or, to carry the analogy further, questions also act like sifters that filter sand and rock from the stuff that we're after. And we want the bones. We want the DNA, the genetic blueprint of our project, so to speak. Now, the lazy thing to do is to just, quote-unquote, get requirements. If we run with requirements we've gotten passively, rather than interactively probing, even challenging our client at times, then we risk informing our work with junk information. And in our gusto to get going, we may start off with a lot of zeal, but we'll soon realize with a sort of creeping dread that there's something wrong. We'll find ourselves going back to the drawing board on issues that we thought were settled. Or the client, sensing something is amiss, will begin suggesting too many changes at review milestones. Now, the scenario is very common, but we can sidestep that kind of messiness by laying the foundation of understanding. And once more, we do that by carefully questioning and carefully listening. Now, we ended the last show on a cautionary note. We said that once we've gotten the right answers, we want to watch out that we don't go wrong. It's actually possible to make a proper diagnosis, but then execute the wrong solution. But we safeguard against this by asking ourselves, as designers, a number of questions. In other words, we've queried our client, now we turn that line of inquiry on ourselves. And this ought to start as early as possible. It even can run parallel to the client inquiry. 
We just want to prevent ourselves from jumping to conclusions or specific solutions too early. The idea here is to just avoid being rash. We want to suspend our internal biases and avoid the ruts that we naturally fall into. We've all got comfort zones or favor tools that, truth be told, may not be ideal for the project. And we want to be self-aware enough to realize this. We want to start with a blank slate. We want to cast aside assumptions as much as we can right now. So it may not be appropriate for us to ask ourselves right off the bat, for example, what style of website should this be? Because we've already assumed that it's a website. Don't ask yourself these assumptive questions. A better question would be, which format might address our design problem best? And then think through the pros and cons of a variety of approaches or formats. You just want to broaden your horizons at this stage. Another thing we want to do is research. And what is research but just another way of asking and answering your own questions? Camp out at a search engine for a while and gather information. Learn what you can about your client and their industry. Try to uncover their strengths and their weaknesses. Take a look at what their market opportunities are, as well as the threats that they face in the marketplace. Find out what their competition is doing. Look at who their competitors are marketing to and how they've designed their products and supporting media. This type of analysis is going to help you later on when you consider ways you can differentiate your client from their competition. Now, in all of this, you're thinking expansively. You're casting a wide net for information. You're keeping your antenna up and your eyes open. And because you are, you'll surprise yourself when you begin to search for solutions later on. You'll come up with fresher ones. That's why it's important to remain in this open mindset for a while before winnowing everything down to a solution. Now, of course, there can be too much of a good thing. And I just want to express the caveat that you want to avoid the paralysis of analysis. But uh, for now, I think we just want to gather as much data as we can. Just toss it all into the funnel, knowing that later on you can narrow it down and toss out what you don't need later. Now, a good analogy for everything that we've discussed is an iceberg. Uh, it's a good way to visualize all of this. Think of an iceberg. There's a relatively small portion that's revealed above the water compared to the mass below the surface. Likewise, there's a lot of listening, questioning, research that goes on below the surface to amass the data that we need. But the final product, which is just the tip of the iceberg, only reflects a small amount of this. Nevertheless, we want to gather that body of data before we can surface the stuff we'll use, before we even know what we're going to need. So to sort of wrap everything up in a neat bow, uh, we've gotten really smart about the design problem. We've queried our client, we've asked ourselves some hard questions about our approach, and we're ready to approach the creative process. We've basically created fertile ground for the problem solving and idea generation and brainstorming that we'll do as we begin tackling the creative process. And we'll get into those techniques in a future episode. Maybe not the very next one, but soon. But that's it for today. Uh, let me remind you that show notes are available at my webpage, which is designguyshow.blogspot.com. 
I've included hyperlinked footnotes to references there. And if you want to study a topic further, click on those book references. They'll take you right to Amazon where you can purchase a copy for yourself. By the way, if you're enjoying this ongoing discussion about design, consider casting a vote at Podcast Alley or maybe just leaving an encouraging word via the iTunes comment feature. Until next time, this is Design Guy. I thank you for listening. 